Today's episode is brought to you by the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources and the Seeds of Wellbeing or So Project. This podcast is supported by the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network, grant from the U.S. Department of Ag, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. Aloha, welcome to the So Podcast, aimed to provide educational support, information, guidance, and outreach to farmers, ranchers, and our allied agriculture producers in Hawaii. We are your hosts, Mele Oshiro and Shannon Sand. And today we're going to be talking with Amjad Ahmad. Thank you for joining us today. Yay! Thank you for having me over. Yeah, so having me over, both of you. Thank you for joining us today, Amjad. So Amjad works in the Oahu Extension Office as an extension agent uh, in sustainable and organic agriculture. So some of his focus is organic agriculture, as one would expect, but specialty crops, crop diversity, variety selection, and plant nutrition and soil fertility. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. glad to have you here with us today. Yeah. So Amjad, you want to share? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, you want to share a little bit about your background and I guess your position How in you extension? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, it's actually, uh, I got my my uh, PhD from the University of Hawaii at Manoa in natural resources and environmental management. Um, from that time, actually, my connection with the sustainable and organic agriculture started because. Um, it was evaluating some different organic amendments on the growth and yield uh, of uh, sweet corn in addition to the, uh, the nutrient movement within the soil profile, so soil fertility and nutrient budgeting. From there, I joined the Sustainable Organic Agriculture Program uh, w- within CITAR and mm-hmm. uh, been working on different topics all related to sustainability uh, and organic farming uh, and then moved into the focusing more on the extension side uh so yeah that's my story nice <laughs> so we should be calling you doctor instead yeah right thank you thank you it's, it's, it's just a title it's just a title <laughs> <laughs> but it's a title you work hard for let me say that uh, right uh, yes uh, yeah, you, you know what they call it, right? Permit head damage. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah. Like, I've always heard pile higher, deeper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's, permanent that's head damage that. seems appropriate. Yes. And they gave a certificate with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, well, it seems like you've done a lot of work in a lot of different areas, including variety trials. So, um, as one of, as I know that's one thing you focused on in the last couple of years in particular with everything going on. So can you share what exactly about like variety trials are and like, what are the benefits? Cause as someone who has a background in like business and econ, I don't necessarily know that. So I'm gonna, Easy, easy. So yeah. easy. We live in Hawaii. It's mm-hmm. it's beautiful it's unique uh, but at the same time we have in hawaii what's called microclimate yeah so sometimes like few miles you drive or you walk a uh, few miles a very good example here on oahu we have waikiki and, and manoa mm-hmm. it's only two three miles between them but it's so dry and so wet so different yeah so elevation temperature all of that varies so uh, uh us as in Hawaii comparing when, when you come when you go to the US mainland, for example, yeah. it's a, a crop or a variety or varieties of crop, they will be 
uh, suitable for hundreds, maybe even thousands of acres. In Hawaii, that sometimes doesn't work this way. It's just yeah. because that microclimates, the same crop, couple varieties of them, they're not going to perform the same at, at those different locations. Yeah. So from that perspective, what we do is we do those uh, variety trials. Is we uh, focus on the crops of interest from the farmers, especially those new crops that people are looking at or crops that have been abandoned before and due to the climate change. Yeah. They, we can revisit them and now again due to either that uh, the change in the climate or also the water, water availability, temperature, and all of that suitability. So what we do is we select those crops and also we bring varieties as much as possible. It depends on the availability from the market. We mm-hmm. evaluate them at different locations. So in addition to each, and what's good about CITAR has many stations that they are located at different locations throughout the state yeah. that help us to conduct these trials uh, at different locations and from there we can select so instead of the farmers to try and god forbid fail and then yeah. that could be a setback for them we get those funds from the hdoa from the usda they've been very helpful in giving us funds right. from the school CTAR and the university they've been helping us in we do the trials and then we come up with recommendations. Those recommendations are going to ease the, bar- the burden on the farmers. In right, because it's okay for us, for you to fail, but it's not okay for them to fail. They have a lot less margin for error. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we try to help them by giving them a recommendation on the crop and mm-hmm. on the varieties of each crop that this one and this one will do better in your location. So they will start immediately as they say hit the ground running running mm-hmm. yeah they mm-hmm. start with stuff that could work for them quickly comparing mm-hmm. with trying and failing and and then they may sit back and then they will say right. oh this is courage okay. and we don't want that for them yeah nice. yeah and yeah that's you. very important right here because our my, like you said the microclimates make a big difference same thing goes with our yes. forage grasses you know that's the yeah. pretty much the same thing you don't want to invest in so much seed and whatnot and um, not mm-hmm. do so well in those areas. So, you know, mm-hmm. another thing, growing up, I, I said being on here on the Big Island forever, I always see the signs about all this um, banana bunchy top virus. And we all know, like, I know it's here, um, but I think some people kind of forget that it's still here, right? And the importance and what it is and whatnot, because it's been on the island for a while. So you want to kind of talk a little bit about what that is and what what's the importance and, you know, current status of what's going on with the banana bunchy top virus right now? Uh, absolutely. So the, the the major risk of the banana bungee top virus is that it doesn't kill the tree. So the tree will continue growing. It's just the infection is there. And all the cakey that's coming out of that corm or the mother mm-hmm. that infected, everything coming out of that wow. corm is infected too. Wow, I did it, not know that. that that's oh yeah, that. in addition to see is that when you have this one infected plant it's a source of infection for the entire farm mm. and there is no cure for bunch top that's another point right like you ha- you can prevent it but you cannot cure it 
So when the plant is infected, that's it. It's infected. And then the longer you leave it, the more dominant will become as a source of infection and in addition to is going to be also will never end. So there will be always corn that will keep pushing those keikis and they are all infected. And there is another point in that as well is sometimes yeah. you see the keikis coming out and they don't show the symptoms mm-hmm. while they are infected. Oh. It takes sometimes a month or maybe even more. It varies between the varieties. Wow. And they will, they will show the symptoms after. Uh, we have we have varieties of bananas, like different varieties, that there is no complete resistance to the bunchy top in banana. There is what's called highly susceptible, susceptible, there is tolerance. Oh, so nothing is, no, is actually like resistant. Exactly. Oh. So any variety of banana will get eventually infected if you don't protect it. Wow. Does it affect the yields long term or it, like, because I, oh, I, again, I have no idea. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then the, it, it definitely affects the, the, the plant will stun. So oh, the yeah. virus will stun the plant. Oh, okay. So it's. Yes. And if you look on, like, if you take a picture from the top of, of, a, of an infected, like a picture, like, uh, mm-hmm. like a, 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 an overview of the infected plant, you're gonna see it looks it looks like a flower. It's because when the virus infects the, the tree, it's stunt. The leaves will get closer to each other, they overlap and they look like a flower. Oh. Oh wow. Yes. It's easy to it's easy to spot if you have done kind of little bit training about uh, a few or if you like been with someone who knows and then they will show you the exact symptoms. Like for example, the leaves will become wavy. And there will be like a dark and light green colors coming from the the middle of the leaf out. So there will be light, dark, light, dark, light, dark. And again, the plant will stunt. And then the leaves will get closer to each other. And what transferred the banana bunch of virus is Mm -hmm. aphids. Um... So the aphids will feed on an infected plant. They will get the virus. And then they go and feed on a clean plant and they give it the virus. Oh. And they play also a role in that. Yeah. So because the aphids will have lots of what's called the honeydew, the, yeah. extra, the extra sugar comes out from the aphids and nice. come and feed on that. So the, what they will do, they will call, like, they will farm the aphids. They will take them, yeah. away, they will take them from plant to plant and they will protect them too. Oh, uh, ladybugs is a is a known um, is a known uh, natural enemy to aphids. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we come and try to kill it to stop it from feeding on aphids. Yeah. So oh. definitely, whenever I'm talking to people about controlling or prevention of the banana bunch of virus, I say aphids and ants because there is a huge good symbiotic relation between them i had no idea there was like a symbiotic relationship between aphids and ants oh yeah i have have a couple of beautiful pictures showing it yeah additionally we know because the banana is it has like thick leaves right Mm -hmm. and people tend to use it as a windbreaker 
And we've been telling people do not do that. Because in in window breakers or in fence mm-hmm. of plants, you want it to be thick. And usually we forget about it. And that will make it a big source of infection. Yeah. You wanna so I keep telling people is we want to go move from the old typical uh, thick uh, banana mat into a smaller version where we are going to have only the mother one or two keikis at, ma- at, at most, at mm-hmm. the maximum. We keep moving the keikis out and we plant them in new places. This way you have a clean materials. You reduce the density in that one, one small mat. And when you spray, for example, if you are using chemicals to prevent and control, when you have all those dead leaves, you cut them, you remove them, you are very easy to, if you, if you spot the aphid, you can control them much easier comparing when it's all the dead leaves coming down mm-hmm. and uh, the leaves on top of each other, they will be mm-hmm. very much not easy to control. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I should mention, thanks to... Uh, the USDA HDOA program that helped us a lot in mm-hmm. funding us to produce uh, tissue culture bananas. And we distributed almost 2,000 seedlings. Stated. Oh, nice. Wow. Fact, yes. It was a really good program. Mm-hmm. And we test usually the plants before we enter them into the tissue culture program. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when they produce those seedlings, we take care of them till they are in good size. And then we've been giving them away for free statewide. Oh, fact, nice. I'm going next week to Kona, and that will be another distribution of seedlings. Oh, uh, nice. We did we did it on Maui. The Oahu we started with Oahu. We mm-hmm. we went to Maui, Kauai, Hilo side, and we are we are going to Kona side. And then after that, there will be also some distribution on on Molokai as well. Nice. That's good. So banana bungee top is on all islands, or is it just Big Island? It's it's on all islands. All islands now. Uh, we recommend people is if you see the bunchy top, you want to get rid of the entire mat. I see. It's because uh, you, there is no cure again. And it's going to be a source of infection. It's just, we understand. Farmers it's are kind of like rod, right? Where if one's infected, you just assume they're the, all... The whole mat, exactly. The whole mat, again. If you okay. even if you don't see the symptoms, it's usually as long as within that same mat, everything is infected. It's gonna maybe take some time for the symptoms to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but definitely it's the same, and that's why. And I understand people, farmers are working really hard, and it it hurts. Even actually, my yeah. my heart hurt my heart to tell people yeah. get rid of the entire mat. But that's much better than having yeah. a source of infection that will be continuously there. Right, right. So you said that there was a sort of level of infection. There's some plants that can tolerate it or something. So you wouldn't see those symptoms in those tolerable plants or? Uh, yes. Also, that's another thing. It's a, it's kind of a risk because sometimes the variety that they are tolerant, mm-hmm. they will not get infected very quickly, but they may also hide the infection for some time too. Mm-hmm. And that's also another risk. So that's why we tell people that prevention is the best way to control the banana bungee top. And that's yeah. why we're recommending people to go on the, what, what, what we call low density 
of a of a weed match. That's one. Second, a rotation of different chemicals, because uh, one is what what's been happening is that any any insect, any pest in general, if you use only one chemical on it and you keep using it, is going to build right. resistance over time. Right. right. So we are trying to tell people use at least three chemicals, and we have a list of approved chemicals for banana on aphids in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And we, when we go on and give a presentation statewide, we've been always showing that the list, the list to, to the people so they can at least select any three combination of those chemicals, not together, but after right. each other mm -hmm. in a rotation. Mm -hmm. And this will, what, what helps with that is when you keep spraying different chemicals, you're not going to reach the maximum of each chemical. Second, because again, the label is the law. If the label tells you, for example, four applications in a growing season for banana, that's about a year. So definitely you have to follow the label. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you use different chemicals, you're not going to reach the maximum of each. You are going to, you're not going to allow the pest to build resistance. Yeah. And also you are not contaminating the environment with high concentration of each chemical. Mm -hmm you allow it to break down because you are using different chemicals. Over right, right, right. Wow. Cool. I thought I knew what banana bungee top virus and I'm John, you just showed me that I did not know very much about that, <laughs> but it's very good so, to know because well, I already knew I, I didn't know all, anything. Yeah. So. We all learn over time. Yeah. I, I, it's, yeah. it's just about really reading and, and doing things. And mm -hmm. I myself also gain more and more knowledge over time. Yeah. So um, the disposal now, if you remove the plant, um, yeah, is there a, a proper way you to burn dispose it? of that material? Or? That, that's a very good question because usually people tend to, when they cut the uh, dead leaves and or the, the mother, for example, after the harvest, they just leave it on the ground thinking of it is going to decompose or it's going to suppress the weeds. But imagine if you have an infected plant, uh, and banana, exactly. Yeah. Banana has, uh, in banana, is very juicy. You know that there is technically the stem of the banana is actually mm -hmm. just the extension of the leaves. Oh, it doesn't I have a typical that. stem. So the extension of the leaves, they wrap up around each other, and that's what makes the stem of the banana. Mm -hmm. So it's very juicy. And imagine if you leave it on the ground, that is going to stay high like with a high humidity for a long time right. or moisture, not humidity, sorry, moisture for a long time. So with that, if any aphids will come and, and feed on that infected plant, definitely yeah, yeah. will move and cause uh, more, more infection. Right, right. What yeah. I recommend people is that if the plant is not infected, yes, you can use the dead leaves and stuff as a uh, weed uh, for the, to control the weeds and stuff. But if you suspect it or you know it is, definitely don't do that. We, we have, we've been telling people, if you have a burning permit, and I understand getting burning permit is not easy in Hawaii, yeah, but if difficult. you have it, that will be the best way to do it. You want to burn that plant, you want to ash it. This way, there is no chance for this plant to give, to give infection. If not, you want to dig a, um, a hole deep in the soil as much as possible you wow. bury it, that plant deep so there is no sunlight to come closer to it and then it will start regerminating again. 
and then the KKs definitely they will be all infected because they are coming mm-hmm. from the same plant that mm-hmm. infected. So digging a hole deep, uh, a hole that's deep, and then burying the plant there or burning it that will be the best. Some How deep would be deep me, enough? I'm just curious. I would say more than five feet, six feet, if possible. You, you, you don't want the sunlight to come close to it. Okay. If possible. So yeah, definitely like a, a so deep, deep. A, a, yeah. A, a machine, a machine that yeah. definitely will be needed to do that. Yeah. Some people have been asking me about composting or covering it with like a, a plastic sheet and stuff. I would say if you want to do that with composting, we are not sure if the heat in the compost pile burn it up. will be enough to kill both yeah. the virus nice. and the aphids. Right. We are not sure. And as far as covering it with a plastic uh, uh, sheet, it will last long way. in the sun here. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that plastic <laughs> will be like, I feel like just a couple months, it'll be yeah. gone. As, and depending on where you are, the wind is even worse and it will be gone faster. So it, yeah. it, it will be gone faster, but also we don't know how, is, is it long enough that the aphids will not come and feed on it and then distribute mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. infection again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to do that, you want to take that way from the, the banana as much mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, so the edges of the farm or something like that, you want to take it as much as possible away from the, the banana plantation to make sure it's not going to be uh, an easy transfer of right, aphids right. between the, uh, the plant you are covering and the plants that you are growing that yeah. could be an infection again. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is there a certain distance, do you know, for like the aphids that they travel, right? So like how far away do you have to, is a safe distance for you to keep those plants or, um, or like if you have one that you know that's infected now, how, yeah. what's the radius of what you need to, you know, inspect or well, get rid of? We don't have really a set of data about it, but adding the ants into the equation in that yeah. relation. That that actually scares me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they could actually move them far along enough to become a source of infection, especially mm-hmm. if they are looking for new areas, for example, to start a, a new nesting area or yeah. and their feeding territory as well. Right, right. So that could be another thing. I, I really, we don't have really a set of exact data mm-hmm. about what the distance or the safe distance yeah. between. And in general, in Hawaii, to be honest, is is not easy because we work with 70, 80% of our, our farmers are small farm holders. Yeah. That's between mm-hmm. one and five acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. in, in mostly actually closer to one and two. So everybody needs to just get together and make a big emu and then you can use all the banana for the bedding for emu and burn it. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I've been telling people. You are so smart, <laughs> both of you. That's exactly what I've been telling people. Hey, just use the, 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 the emo pit. Use it to get, just burn all that b- banana leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, a good source for that. Wow. That, oh, thank you, Amjad. Correct. That's very, very interesting because, you know, like I said, I always see, and I know that that's here on the island and the thing, but never really understood much about how the virus is. And, um, you know, growing up, we have banana patches everywhere. So I'm going to have to, you're going to have to show me those pictures so I can actually see now. I'm going to inspect those things a little bit more closely. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will absolutely sh- share with you some pictures. I want to go back to the crop diversity uh, mm-hmm. topic, yeah. if you don't mind, if you have Yeah, no, that's yeah, fine. Of course, of course. 
it's a it's a call to the farmers that if you are trying to start on a new crop or looking for a new varieties, reach out to your extension agent. Mm-hmm. In your, on your island, there will be an extension agent. Reach out to them, even if they don't have the immediate answer to you. They have a connection of specialists, researchers, and other extension agents who they can reach out to mm-hmm. to give you a, at least some answer about crops and varieties, performance in areas mm-hmm. near near you, on the same island, or as close as possible to you, or at least in the state. It depends really on. So we, all of us, we do lots of, as, a, as extension agents, as specialists, as researchers, we do lots of variety trials. And sometimes we publish, sometimes you know how is life, right? Yeah. So but reach out to the extension agent. At least they might be able to give you an answer about crops and varieties, performance in, in an area near you. It might be even you get very lucky is exactly in your, within your area. Yeah. That, so you reduce that chance of trial and error on your, yeah. on your side. Because that's what we do. We do we're trying to help. If you reach out to us, we will at least try to get you some answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That's very true. That's what I always say. We may not always have the answers for you, but we know somebody that might. So. That probably does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That we can always redirect. So, yeah. Well, thank you, um, John, for talking story uh, with us today. Absolutely. Th- th- thank you for uh, for this invitation and uh, the nice chat. Uh, yeah. I hope to see you again on, on other topics as well. Yeah, yeah, we hope so. Sure. Yeah, we'd definitely like to get you on here to talk about like variety trials and some other stuff, maybe some soil amendments or something. So you have a lot of knowledge, so pick your brain. You know, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to share with us before we close up? Uh, again, uh, we are here to help. So please reach out and let us know what what kind of issues or new ideas or something. And we'll try to help out as much as possible. And uh, aloha to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks again. And we yep. hope our listeners gain some knowledge, uh, tools, and resources to help in their farm practices. And we will, of course, have links in the show notes for mm-hmm. information that we shared today. And the listeners, please be sure to visit the Seeds of Wellbeing, our soul website, and our YouTube channel listed in the show notes. Yep. And for additional information about this topic, see the links provided in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the So Podcast. Yeah. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to this podcast. And then stay tuned for next month. And mahalo for listening. Mahalo. Ahuiho. Ahuiho. Aloha.